Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Matters. I'm your host, Marina Castellanos, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health for women and children in Westchester County, New York. Today on the show, I invited Dina Cater to join me. Dina is a registered dietitian and integrative nutrition consultant with over 31 years of experience helping people find optimal health through nutrition. Trained in both Eastern and Western philosophies, Dina has the background, training, and experience to provide her clients with the most effective, cutting-edge nutritional guidance. Dina has helped thousands of clients with a variety of conditions that include autoimmune, cancer, diabetes, digestive, heart disease, hormonal imbalances, thyroid conditions, and many more. Welcome to the show, Dina. Thanks for being here. Great to be here with you, Marina. I'm looking forward to sharing whatever I can. Yes, so you know my show, this is called Pelvic Matters, and I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, but I believe that um, you know matters like nutrition, they have a place on this show because they obviously affect all of us. It's important to all of us and important for healing, no matter what kind of condition you are dealing with. Um, so yes, I'm very excited to be doing um, a show about, about this with you. Um, so let's get started and let's tell listeners, um, you know, maybe give them a brief description of how you came to be the professional that you are today, a registered dietitian who's been doing, you know, this nutrition counseling for decades. Thank you, Maria. Sure. Well, you know, I grew up most of my life in Africa, all over West Africa, North Africa, East Africa. And, you know, we are fully aware of the malnutrition that exists in those countries. Yes. And um, that really, uh, I became very sensitive to that as I was growing up because we were told that, you know, the little, the kids with the pot bellies, that it wasn't from eating too much. It was the opposite. It was from protein malnutrition, right? Yeah. So, that, um, I always remember that in the back of my mind. And then when my dad was stationed in the United Arab Emirates in Abu Dhabi, I had taken my first yoga class at the age of 11 or 12. And we had an Australian instructor and she started talking about how meat was very damaging to the joints. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I'd ever heard anything like that. And I thought it was really weird because I was a very big meat eater at the time because I was influenced by you know Atkins Adele Davis about the high protein and everything. So um, I decided that I wanted to pursue this and start looking into it. So then at the age of 13, I knew that when going to college, I wanted to study nutrition. And then I personally started making my own changes, you know, at, at such a young age. So that brought me into where I am today. But I was never interested in hospital dietetics because my first few years was working in the hospital setting at Westchester Medical Center in Valhalla. Um, also Putnam Hospital up in uh, Brewster. So, um, you know, I didn't enjoy seeing the poor quality of food that was being served in, in these hospitals. So I knew there had to be another way. And I started attending, you know, uh, alternative holistic lectures given by other holistic practitioners. And that got me really into getting into the holistic mode. Wow, that's amazing. But I have the clinical background, which is really important. I think you really need yeah. to have right yeah I, I agree i think that's so valuable to have um exactly. that history and then you know the extra training that you do have and i think it's so wonderful that you knew you wanted to do this in the time that you were a kid like 13 years old i think that's amazing that you just found that path so early you know not just for yourself like personally but then like professionally i think that's amazing um and you know this show is, is geared mainly towards women and, and one of the things that i find 
um, in need of um, conversation about is nutrition, not just in general for women, but especially for postpartum moms. Because I, I have a two-year-old or an almost two-year-old, and I know when I was going through pregnancy and you're reading all the books and everything, and there's so much you learn about nursing um, and about how you have to have a certain caloric intake and things about you know what you should be taking into your body if you're nursing. But like, what if you're not? Like, I don't remember coming across any material just about what my nutrition intake should be just going through that initial postpartum time and going through healing because even if you're not nursing which not every mom does there's still a lot of healing that your body is going through that time and there was really i don't think i was really given any kind of education or instruction about what i should be eating um you know to encourage the best healing i possibly could so can you talk a little bit about that yes absolutely marina that's a really super question um you know for tissue healing uh, especially with something major like having you know babies and everything we we know that branch chain amino acids right the building blocks for protein are very critical so I usually recommend actually including a, uh, a plant-based uh, protein smoothie um, because, that's, because the fact that it's in a liquid form, the absorption is much greater than if you were having to chew your you know, protein, um, whether it's fish, chicken, beans, whatever. So at least one meal a day, I always encourage to include a plant-based protein uh, smoothie because then you and make sure that it has all the amino acids that are uh, listed. Uh, because that will really promote tissue healing and it will help with recovery a lot faster. The other nutrients that are very critical um, are vitamin C. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why including a lot of fresh fruit, um, you know, kiwis, pineapple, things that have a vi high vitamin C content, tangerines, uh, oranges, those kinds, and berries, of course, too. So very important to include those and, and eating the whole fruit because then you get the flavonoids, which are, again, are very critical for tissue healing, but also for circulation as well. So those are the things that I definitely uh, highly uh, recommend and suggest. Um, the other reason why the protein is also, and the amino acids are critical, is that they really help uh, minimize, you know, either anxiety, depression issues that typically come with postpartum, and they're very important to help maintain hormone balance. Mm. Um, and the one thing you don't want to do is grab and eat a lot of white bread, white rice, you know, like the really refined carbs as a quick pick-me-up, because those are definitely going to interfere with hormone balancing, getting your body back into a better hormone balance um, after having your baby. Yep, did that. So those, yeah, so those are very important. <laughs> Yeah, and I can say, um, you know, going through this, my own experience, um, and I did have postpartum depression and anxiety, it's, it was really a challenge to just find time to even eat, because I think what, whenever I had any kind of downtime, my first thing was I need to sleep. But then, you know, like just kind of ignoring the hunger, because I was just so overly exhausted. I was like, if I have a choice of eating and sleeping, it's like, I'm going to sleep. But now definitely looking back, I should have just eaten and then went to sleep. But I think just, you know, those first few months are just in such a daze of, you know, exhaustion with that new baby, like any chance I could, I just passed out. Um, but yes, looking back now, I think having some guidance and, you know, making sure I got in those those vitamins and those amino acids more than I did. Um, and I definitely had some help, you know, I had family help and they brought over some food and, you know, whatever that happened. I mean, that was just amazing not to have to worry about, you know, cooking something. So that's definitely the best thing you can do for a new mom is just to bring okay. her some well-prepared homemade Absolutely. food that she can just 
um, you know, heat and eat. That's right. just the best gift ever, right. <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, and one more to add too, and you know, very important is the hydration aspect because yeah. a lot of times women forget to drink, yeah. and you need to at least you know drink half our body weight in ounces. Mm -hmm. So for a female that weighs 150 pounds, that would be 75 ounces of fluid. But you know, just the whole process of going through the birthing, um, you know, for the for the for the mothers is the fact. I mean, the stress itself will dehydrate you, right? I mean, that's how they'll hook you up to IVs and everything in the hospital. But when you come home, that's something that often is overlooked because of the extreme exhaustion and the fatigue. The last thing on your mind is I need to drink, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Hydrated, you know, with, with good water and, and making sure that it's not tap water uh, because we're finding out more and more that uh, tap water, particularly because of the uh, chlorine that's in the water, really interferes with thyroid function, Marina. Mm. And that's one of the major hormones uh, that does get impacted, you know, with, um, yeah. right? So it's very important to avoid anything that's chlorinated. Um, and even going swimming, you know, make sure you swim in a saltwater pool as opposed to a chlorinated pool. Same wow, that, that's amazing. Never heard of that. So mm -hmm. that's such a, those are such great tips. And I'll make sure I note them um, in the show notes for everybody too. I think, um, yeah, that time, even for me, like I'm always going to keep talking about myself because I'm, I'm still like in the first couple of years of this, my thyroid went um, crazy. I have Hashimoto's, so I was controlled with medication, but of course, right after the baby came out, things started fluctuating and it went super, super fast. I mean, I dropped all my baby weight plus more within like six to eight weeks. Um, so, and now it's, now it's better managed and better controlled. Um, but yeah, that time, that time, those first few months postpartum are absolutely, absolutely just crazy on the body. You think pregnancy is crazy on your body, right. um, because you have a human life going in there and you're going through all those changes, but those changes just continue, um, you know, when the baby comes out. So I think, um, it's, we would do also well to remember that, especially for our friends and family who could use our support. Right. Um, and then kind of along those lines, you know, for women in general, you know, we go through so many phases of life, you know, we're in our childhood, we go through all the changes that come with puberty, and then we go through childbearing years, and then we get to be at that perimenopausal stage and then menopausal. So then what happens for our nutrition recommendations? Like do things have to change for each phase of life? Absolutely. Yes. Another really good question, Marina. Um, so during, you know, uh, the early teen years, when you first start getting your menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. um, your metabolism tends to be uh, a lot faster than it is when you're in your thirties and forties, because we know that metabolism <laughs> each decade after the age of 20, it starts to, you know, decrease, unfortunately. So, um, and then the iron content of your diet is really critical at that point too, right? Because you're getting your periods, your monthly periods. So again, making sure that if you are, um, you know, getting your protein, you do want to make sure that uh, you, you take uh, beans that are like the black beans, if you're plant-based or lentils, and it's either the black lentils, the brown lentils, those have a lot more iron, you know, than other types of lentils. And I usually suggest pureeing the beans because the absorption of the iron is a lot better when you puree it because the fiber interferes with the iron. Um, the other thing is for people that are tea drinkers or coffee drinkers, make sure you keep that away from your meals because um, those beverages will interfere with iron absorption. Um, wow. I typically will recommend a little bit of vitamin C uh, with your protein meal to enhance the absorption of iron. 
um, you know, during your childbearing years too, especially if you're getting heavy periods, you know, which I know quite a few women tend to are, are prone to. Yeah. Uh, so that's important is keeping the iron levels really up and eating dark green leafy vegetables, you know, as well. But again, either juicing them or um, pureeing your vegetables, um, you really, the, again, the absorption of iron is so much greater. Mm, Taking down yeah. fiber walls and that, that really helps enormously. Um, wow. so, yeah. And then once you hit menopause and premenopause, very important to avoid um, having too much soy because the soy will suppress the thyroid function. Mm -hmm. And it is also, you know, a hormone disruptor. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of soy could be very beneficial to maintain healthy estrogen levels, but too much will really work against you. Mm. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And then you do want to watch uh, the amount of carbs that you're eating when you start to go through menopause and, and when you're at perimenopause, because the car, you're much more likely to gain weight more easily, right? Yeah. Because it's starting to slow down. Um, mm -hmm. And for women that are perimenopausal and menopausal, I really do believe in uh, supplementing with progesterone cream topically. Okay. Uh, far better than doing oral prescription that you might get through your uh, gynecologist because that has to get broken down by the liver. Whereas when it's a topical transdermal cream, the mm -hmm. absorption is greater and it bypasses the liver and the digestive system. Mm -hmm. You're less likely to have any side effects yeah. at all. It's much yeah. safer, a lot safer. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's so that's so interesting, and it's so much um, that we just don't think about, <laughs> really. Right? So much that nobody tells us, <laughs> right? Oh. I, it's really, it's really just so true. But it's so interesting to know, and I'm and I'm happy to hear this because um, you know I'm not perimenopausal yet, but you know it's coming. I'm 43, so it's on the horizon. And, um, you know, I have a daughter who at some point will be going through puberty. So these are good things to definitely know. So I know you, you mentioned a lot about protein, um, plant protein and beans. So do you just not recommend any kind of um, protein from animal sources? Um, actually, I do recommend including fish because it's a very high quality protein and very easily digested and assimilated. Um, the, the one of the reasons you know why I'm not recommending it as much on the red meat, I mean, it's really beyond just the concern with heart disease and so on. Achimurina is unfortunately the antibiotics, you know, and the hormones that are fed to these animals. It's really very hard to get, you know, grass-fed, hormone-free, right? Beef, yeah. lamb, and so on, right? But if you can, if you have access to a farmer's market where you can get those, I mean, that would be fine to include a little bit. Um, you know, once a week or whatever. But uh, one thing we do know is that, um, you know, you need a lot of hydrochloric acid to digest, uh, you know, red meat. Mm -hmm. uh, so when people do eat red meat and they don't have sufficient hydrochloric acid in the stomach, then they tend to get more gassy and bloated and have acid reflux and heartburn from mm -hmm. eating red meat. So okay. that's where the concern comes, to, you know, uh, with that. I mean, you may have to supplement with hydrochloric, at H, what we call HCL supplementation, um, particularly as you get older, because again, digestion slows down, right? That's part of the normal aging process. Okay. And then is the same thing apply for like lean protein, like um, poultry or turkey? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I mean, making sure that they are what we call pasture raised, again, from local farms as much as you can. But it's really hard to get good quality, unfortunately. Yeah. And then it's also, um, I feel like it's not readily available. You exactly. Know, regular exactly. supermarkets and stuff, you just don't right. see that. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, beans are a very are easy to find everywhere. So it's very easy to find beans. And 
and if you don't cook them from scratch, at least you know rinse out what you buy in the cans, and you can still use that you know, and still benefit from that too. Okay, good tips. Good tips. Um, so this definitely brings us to another question, which of course applies to me as well. Um, so during COVID, many of us, you know, made less than great food choices, and maybe now we're starting to kind of get back on the bandwagon of getting our health together, our physical health, because so many people were stuck at home and, you know, working from home and, you know, not going to the gym or not being able to go to the gym because of COVID. Um, so how can we start to get back, back on the nutrition bandwagon? What's, what's a good place to start? Good, yes. Um, exercise, first of all, you know, uh, even though you're working from home, you can still go out and walk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's very important to be outdoors because it's very important uh, for helping to release endorphins in the brain. Um, you know, we tend to, especially with all the stress of having to deal with the COVID, um, you know, people needed to get out and, and, you know, really be outside, right? So rather than being in an enclosed environment for such a long period of time. So I always recommend starting your day walking outside briskly, at least a half hour would be really, really helpful uh, for mental health, especially. And then a great thing you can do is to start your morning either with um, hot water and a few drops of freshly squeezed lemon or lime, because okay. that's, that helps to flush out the body. And it stimulates the uh, all our organs of the body to you know, work uh, more efficiently. Um, if you don't like lemon or lime, you could, you know, certainly the raw apple cider vinegar is a great alternative as well. And that you can buy even in the regular supermarkets now. Right. Um, that really helps enormously. And then the other um, idea that I strongly recommend is not to eat as soon as you wake up, because in the past we were always told that we should eat as soon as we wake up and eat breakfast like a king, yes. lunch, right? <laughs> exactly like a queen and then a, a dinner like a pauper. But now based on all the research, we're finding out that people's blood sugar levels, Marina, are the highest in the morning. So it makes more sense to fast as long as you possibly can before eating breakfast. That is so interesting. And I think a lot of us grew up hearing the you know, the programming on commercials, uh, breakfast being the most important meal of the day. And if you're not eating breakfast, something is wrong. And yes. so that's really great to know from the research that it's okay. So it really, it does. And not only that, so you are making your metabolism more efficient by fasting. But what they've also found, which is remarkable, is that cognitively people's uh, focus and memory have improved significantly when they do that intermittent fasting. Wow. So really trying to have breakfast as late as possible and, uh, and trying to get your eating done, if you can, within an eight-hour period during the day. Okay. okay. Then, so does they, it matter if more food is aimed towards lunch or dinner? No. Great question. As long as you get the eating done in that eight-hour window. Eight hours. So, okay. So let's say you had breakfast at 10, then be done with dinner by six. Wow. Okay. And that's considered like the intermittent fasting. Okay. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff, Dina. I love this. Um, you gave us so many wonderful tips and so much great information. I really appreciate it. Um, before we start to wrap up, how about we tell listeners, um, you know, about your center, how best to reach you. Let's, let's give them some of that info. Sure. Thank you. So my practice is uh, the Cotter Center, and that's right, um, you know, the same spelling as my last name, K-H-A-D-E-R. We're located on Main Street and the corner of Smith Avenue in Mount Kisco, New York. 
Um, you, everyone's welcome to come in and you know visit us and see the, our facility. It's open to everybody. You don't have to be a patient to come here and buy you know anything you know in our center. I would love to meet uh, you know all of you as well too. And um, you know I work with all kinds of different uh, cases, right? You know from cancer to di digestive issues uh, to weight loss to weight gain even. So you know feel free to reach out to me. Um, and you're welcome to schedule a five minute with me if you have any quick questions you'd like to ask me without even being a patient, there's no charge for that. You schedule it with my office and I can be reached at 914-242-0124. I also have a website under my name, dinacotter.com and you're welcome to order online if you'd like to try any of the supplements that we offer here. Um, and even some of the food stuff. We have some really unique stuff that you don't find in the other stores actually too, because I typically will carry things that I feel are really beneficial to health and what is hard to find actually. Okay. We also have a Facebook page under the Cotter Center. I also have an Instagram. So you're welcome to reach me um, via those um, places as well too. Okay, and I'll make sure I include links to all your social media um, accounts in the show notes too. So everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really did. I learned a lot, Dina. Thank you so much, Dina Cotter, for coming on the show. And everybody, I hope you enjoy this episode of Public Matters. And don't forget to um, share with friends and family, leave a review. I'd love to hear um, some feedback from all of you. And we'll join up again next time. All right, bye everybody. Bye, Marina. My pleasure. Thank you. Wow. Again. Mm -hmm.